0: I
1: know I'm going to school, but it it may not be for basketball, it may not be for, but it was going to be, I'm going to school, I made up my mind, I'm going to go to college. And my passion in basketball allowed me to, you know, have that fortitude to be able to do that.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everyone. People, we are back. The Point God podcast presented by iHeartMedia, brought to you by Slick Sports Lifestyle Inside Culture. I am your host, Baron Davis, aka Boom Dizzle, aka Too Easy. And the Point God Show is a show that goes into the minds of some of the best creatives, leaders, playmakers, orchestrators, initiators, and talks to them about this story and how that story translates from business to investing uh, to uh, art. Right. These guys are the painters. The modern-day Michelangelo's of basketball, one of ones, and this is the show, the Point God Show. Ladies and gentlemen, you know when I get nervous, when I start giving these long intros, I get nervous because there is so much to give. And when you talk about giving, when you talk about initiating, when you talk about orchestrating, when you talk about a commander, the commander in chief, when you talk about a pioneer, a one of one, an actor, Commercials. Phenomenon. Phenomenal. The Edward Scissor hands of Steeles. Dare you post him up? You will be embarrassed. The dictator. The president. The CEO. The reason I wore number one as a Charlotte Hornet. Because I wanted to participate in greatness. I wanted that to be a part of that legacy. I needed to feel what that number one felt like as a Charlotte Hornet's. It was my homage. It's what I roll for. He was my first OG point God that I got a chance to walk in his footsteps. Ladies and gentlemen, a giant amongst all giants, pound for pound, one of the greatest Players to ever lace them up. The orchestrator, the commander in chief, none other than Muggsy Bogues. <sighs> hey, they going crazy! <laughs> oh, gee, what's up? They
1: going <laughs> crazy back here. The crowd going crazy. Oh man, I- I'm just. I- I- I'm broke now. I don't have any more money in my bike account. I had to pay you for that wonderful <laughs> intro to bring me out, Big Daddy. Appreciate that, you Oh, man, I was sitting there. I was wondering, who is he talking about? Hey,
0: <laughs> You know, all the way from Baltimore, Maryland, Dunbar High, Wake Forest, you know, uh, ACC leader in assists and assistant steals. Gold medal in the uh, 1986 FIBA games. Drafted 12th in the '87 Olympic uh, uh, '87 NBA draft by the Washington Wizards. Right, then go to Charlotte and become the Charlotte become become the brand. Right, (laughs) become the flavor, the show. That's some great times, man. Come that's on, great, man. Muggsy, that's Muggsy. That's great <laughs> oh, man. Hey, usually I'm not this like giddy. You know, I only do this when, you know, my OGs come. But, man, just one, just like, let's go back. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We always go back. We always start at the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Baltimore, Maryland, right?
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: A young Muggsy. Right, Mm -hmm. who told you? Who pushed you? Who gave you the ball? What was that? When? Who was that person, and when was that time? Right, growing up.
1: Well, and what you just alluded to, uh, going back in Baltimore and lawfare Projects, where I grew up at, um, that person was Mr. Leon Howard, that man who was the director of our recreation center, who came from basically a background in the baseball. Okay. had no idea, you know, he had basketball knowledge, but baseball was his passion. But he just came in the neighborhood and he seen all these young kids, these adolescent kids, just hungry for something to do as opposed to just be outside, you know, doing whatever they want to do with the idle time, which was mainly getting into trouble. Mm-hmm. So he took, he took a lot of kids under his wing and taught them this game of basketball. And it was well before I came. And then here it is, this little kid and this tall skinny kid and Reggie Williams uh-huh. happened to be outside at 10 years old, trying to play this game where the ball was just going everywhere. So he really just took us under his wing and, and really just instilled this knowledge of basketball, drilled us, taught us the game, gave us the understanding of the game. And I think without his knowledge and, Information,
0: I definitely wouldn't be the guy that I am today. That is amazing. Shout out, shout out to Coach, because like you know, for the for the people out here, like growing up in the projects, right in Baltimore, it ain't much going on.
1: No, <laughs> you know? a lot of, so, of negative. A, a lot of yeah, a lot of yeah. negative.
0: So you know, like with me just being a fan of you, it was like that's my trajectory. Like he came out the projects, you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. I know Baltimore is rough. Describe to the people just, you know, just coming up now. You know, now, coach, put the ball in your hand. You, you know, you you coming up in the projects. It's you and another NBA great, uh, Reggie Williams. You know what I mean. Talk about like that relationship as kids, and like what was those conversations. You know what I mean. Like what was those conversations like? And like- the
1: thing about. It, it, and it was crazy because, you know, I got shot when I was at five. Wow. And after going through that experience, it really allowed, you know, because when I got my first basketball, I'm three years old. You're going down on the basketball court, and here it is. You, all, you hear all these kids just making all sorts of jokes because the ball bigger than you. Yeah. You can't control the basketball and that sort of thing. But I think after I got shot, I think my mindset just kind of changed in the sense where – words didn't care mm-hmm. whatever folks said to me it just didn't care and then I think it allowed me to keep pursuing the things that I felt that I wanted to do in the game of basketball and then when me and Reg kind of really became such great friends pursuing this game I mean the conversation as you just mentioned you know about and it wasn't about NBA
0: yeah. you know
1: it was just it was mainly about the times that what we doing in our community you know who we right. about to go play against in our recreation uh, lead. And and those players which like David Wingate, you know, yeah. guys who we had to compete against. You know, but just the thing that keeping us on on, I, I guess, keeping each other uh, grounded, mainly by not letting one of us go sideways because we had a lot of friends decided they want to go different direction. But he and I just kept each other more or less grounded in a sense where we stayed focused just wanting to play the game of basketball.
0: That's amazing, man. I, I didn't know about you had got shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, you know,
1: that was the situation that you're faced with in, uh, yeah, F- growing me. up
0: in the projects, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's those things come with those type of environments, you know, and, you know, no names on any bullets around there. Yeah. Um, so it's mainly, mainly a band at the wrong place at the wrong time. And,
0: and, and then, like, you know, it's like you, you, a young mug, a uh, young mugs, right? You know, uh, you playing against the Wingates, you know, you playing against, you know, uh Reggie Lewis. Yeah, like Baltimore basketball, right, for a young Muggsy, like who are you watching? You know what I mean? I know it was, you know, the streets was crazy. Being in the projects, right, talking about more life survival. But basketball being that ticket, who was you looking out and looking up to at that time, you know, coming up before you even got to high school? Yo, 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 we got to tap in real quick. Let's hear a quick word from our sponsors. But basketball being that ticket, who was you looking out and looking up to at that time, you know, coming up before you even got to high school?
1: And for me, it was a kid in my neighborhood and his, his name had to be Dwayne Wood. Okay. He was he was small. Uh He was very successful at his at his age. You know, every mm-hmm. level he played. You know, I didn't have no guy. I wasn't watching NBA like that. Right. And then when I did see NBA, you know, I think the name was going around Tiny Archibald. You know, yeah. Tiny. But then when I saw Tiny and got to look at his height, shit, Tiny was six one.
0: Yeah. So it was yeah. Like, well, he was like.
1: But Dwayne, my neighborhood guy, he became that man for me, you know, mm-hmm. watching him. That's how I learned how to steal the basketball. Mm. You know, watching him count the dribbles, watching him play not only just in front of you, but play defense behind you. And seeing how he had that impact on the game, mm-hmm. I kind of studied him a lot. And I studied him to the – and I think he would have been probably that first guy yeah. been at that age, at the small uh, – Point guard, if he would have made that decision and to study going to Virginia State and going to Georgia with Dominique Wilkins, that might have changed, you yeah. know, his trajectory in yeah. terms of being on that national level. So decision always kind of makes, a, makes a, a big point for your life.
0: Yeah, I mean, and 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 you know what it is? is like people don't understand, right, even the decision – even your high school decision, where you stay in your hood, whether you move out, you know, talk about, you know, uh, going to Dunbar. Right. And what that felt like walking into that and and the legacy y'all created in high school was crazy.
1: Well, you know, the thing about Dunbar, that was not just a school that it, known for basketball, which it was, but it was more or less where all our families went to, you know, mm-hmm. my brothers, my sister, my uncles, my aunts. So everybody in our neighborhood, everybody in the Lafayette projects area went to that school. It just so yeah. happened to be a good basketball school. So it wasn't like Coach Wade had to go out and recruit,
0: uh-huh. had
1: to go out and try to find different players to try to bring to his organization because that school where everybody has some sort of connection and they wanted to be part of it. And for us, you know, at the time, I really in my 10th grade year, they sent us to our zone school. So I almost wasn't able to make it to Dunbar. Oh, wow. and they started yeah, they started taking everybody's address. And here it is, Dunbar is right across the street from our projects. Right. But they decided to send us where I had to catch two bus to go to a high school, which was Southern High School, my 10th grade year. And uh and and that story was And the reason I got, I wound up down there for the entire year because the school lost my records. You know, they so
0: they claim they they lost my records. Man, I could walk out my house, walk (laughs) across the street, get it cracking with my homies. (laughs) And y'all telling me I got to go take two buses
1: to go to school? I mean, that's just,
0: you know, like when you think about against all odds. You know what I mean? Like you growing up against all odds. Right. And right. like, what was, when was that moment for you when you were like, you know what? I got this. I'm in control. You know what I'm talking about? Cause there comes a time and point, And I believe for me, it was like my high school junior year where I was like, you know what? If I'm a fail, if I'm a make it, I only need me right now. You know what I mean? Early. When was that moment for you you know just
1: you know for me, it became you know I think it came a little early for me mm-hmm. and, and and it always I think I understood my circumstances. and it wasn't a matter of how it was just a matter of when mm-hmm. And even though folks was looking at me as a small kid and no one really believed that the things that I was trying to pursue, that I will be successful for me. I always felt and I had that confidence that it was just taking the steps to get to where I wanted to go. Mm. And 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 even as a ninth grader, you know, when I was in the ninth grade, you know, because we had so much success early on playing basketball, we won every time. We beat all the teams, and you you know you right. undefeated. And I always felt like having success. But I think more so, it was my. It was more like. I know I'm going to school. Yeah, but it, it, it may not be for basketball. It may not be for, but it was going to be. I'm going to school. I made it up my mind. I'm going to go to college
0: for sure. And,
1: yeah, but the thing was, I knew in order to get there, moms and I couldn't afford it. Right. And my passion in basketball allowed me to, you know, have that fortitude to be able to do that. And I knew that this was going to be my ticket. So it was no plan B. Second Absolutely. guessing. Happened because I had that truly confidence what I was doing that was going to turn into some project.
0: And it's like that vision, that map to say, like, man, I, I I see, I see a few people like me. You know what I mean? But like now, I can do it my way. You know what I mean? And like you see, you it's clear as day, right? It's clear as day. <laughs> it's just you know, like basically, like taking those proper steps every day going to align you to where you need to be. And I would say for you, like also like thinking like your junior year, your senior year, just the responsibility that Dunbar high school had Mm -hmm. with the whole hood, the, all, you know, all of Baltimore, all of DC, all the high school back, like all eyes were on you guys. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you as the floor general, I mean, just, you know, take me in that moment real quick. Like, what was it like going in? Like, what was you feeling like when you was walking in that gym in high school? You know what I mean? And, you know, like, man, I, I, I'm I, the general. I got, woo. I got a whip with me. You know what I mean? Yo, you know what time it is. You know, this show wouldn't be where it is if it wasn't for our sponsors. Let them have it. And you know, like, yeah. man, I, I, I'm I the general. I got, woo, I got a whip with me. You know
1: what I mean? Yeah. Well, for me, it was that when I went there, because the temp, my 10th grade year, I wasn't with those guys. Yeah. And, and they was ranked like five or six in the country, if uh-huh. whatsoever. And when I got there, you know, I knew what I was bringing to the table, because me and Raz played for quite some time. And then when we started our journey, you know, and start winning and start becoming successful, then after our junior year, you know, going 31-0, and 0, yeah. uh, we, we felt like, you know, we felt like, well, this is, you know, for me anyway, I felt like I had the right crew, the right chemistry, and, I mean, the right guys with me, and I felt like this is something that no one can ever beat us. We was too talented. Right. And that was the mindset that I had, and I think it rubbed around everybody. Else. I'm quite sure everybody believed that, too, in which we was able to do it for two years. Right. You know, my, my, two, my two years there, and you know, when we never lost a high school game. That's crazy. And and, and,
0: and, <laughs> and,
1: and, and, the, and the great thing about it is that we had guys that not only who played on with their road to bench, but they all got Division One scholarships. Yeah. So that crazy. was a, that, that was something crazy to see that, you know, what coach was able to put together and able to see these kids you know, been able to, you know, benefit from all his tools that he was able to instill in.
0: How, how did you get the name Muggsy?
1: <laughs> Believe it or not, I was seven years old and the gentleman I spoke about earlier, Dwayne Wood, uh-huh. he was, you know, playing basketball, I was still on the ball. He was talking about you mugging everybody.
0: Yeah. And,
1: and then we had a show used to come on every Saturday called the Ballery boys. Okay. And, and one of the characters, he was small, his name was Muggsy. And he, <laughs> Kind of the leader of his little crew, and so he kind of tied that in with how I roll with my guys and high yeah, school yeah. basketball. And I used to like it at time because I thought he was talking about my mug. At yeah. The time. But, it, <laughs> but it, yeah. It, it became part of.
0: No, nah, definitely, man. Uh, uh, <laughs> and then you know, so that name you know stuck with you through high school. Y'all in high school, y'all, y'all, y'all moving and grooving. You you y'all walk, y'all, y'all, y'all taking this what sixty-two, sixty-three and all walk. <laughs> Everybody on the team get division one scholarships. You decide to go to Wake Forest. Where else were you looking at and what was that decision like? You know, because of you know, one, it's like shit, uh uh Georgetown right there. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, uh, and, Berlin, and Maryland, Maryland right there. Yeah, uh, yeah. what's ha- What's going on Muggsy
1: what's well, happening you know, <laughs> 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 you know for, at, at first you know because coach left to Giselle he wanted us um, but I think him and coach Way had some kind of little friction at the time because one of our players who went there he felt like he didn't do him his just Got so it. he felt like he was going to get another one of our players and for Reg decided when David went to uh, Georgetown and then Rez decided to commit to Georgetown. You know, George, John Thompson, he said he wanted me.
0: Yeah. And
1: at the time, they had Michael Jackson, who was just a sophomore. Got it. And he, and he tried to felt like, well, Muggs, you're going to have to fight for this spot and this and that. And, you know, I felt like I would have beaten him out. Yeah. But for me, I didn't want to go through no situation like that. I felt like I, I you know, I, I built my re- my resume a lot bigger than that, where I had had to put myself in that situation. Right. could have went to Seton Hall. Okay. But, With PJ Calissimo, PJ PJ was coming at me really heavy at the time in Virginia. But Wake was just a better situation, you know, academically as well as for the basketball stake of it. Right, toughest conference. It was a a private school, it was small school. Moms could just put the television on and she could see us every weekend. So that became for me, you know, I enjoyed the process. You know, I only took two visits. Mm-hmm. I went in taking five visits and
0: yeah. all that I took two, and that was it. And, and 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 what I appreciate about appreciate about you, Mugs, is what I've always appreciated about you, and that's why I call you the the president. Right? Is that <laughs> academics? You know what I mean? Academics, <laughs> professionalism, business. When I was a rookie, all the business you had going on in Charlotte and all, all you know, just <clears throat> like really being presidential. I think you know, for a lot of people out there just knowing, you know, because everybody got different stories. Some dudes take the J.C. route. Some dudes, like, you know what I mean, just like uh, yeah, sure. who was that, Jason Terry the other time. He said, man, I, he didn't even see a classroom when he was <laughs> – him and Bibby. Bibby said, <laughs> Mike Bibby said he didn't even know what a classroom looked like. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's – and for these young point guards out there, it's like – you know, that, 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 that is a big part of your brand, right? Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And, and you at Wake and you taking that. But it's also like, it's also how you hoop.
1: You know what I mean? It's become part of you. That's your DNA. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's all the extensions of who you are. I mean, for me, you know, growing up, you heard this, you know, in that old generation, the 80s and the 90s, you, I mean, the 70s and the 80s, you heard this terminology, dumb job, dumb mm-hmm, job, mm-hmm. you know, with, with athletes. And that was something that Coach Wade instilled in us, that he would make sure that we didn't want to be part of that world. We're going to be right. an educated individual and understand the value of education. right? And that way you'll be able to not only provide for your family, long, you know, do more for your family in the long haul. So that was always been something that we thought about. And for me, You know, I've always been a guy of conscience of the things that I have and what's around me and what I want for me and my family and where I came from. You know, it's always about that generation of wealth, making sure that, you know, we understand that in terms of where we come from. Don't get to a point in your life to where, you know, you're able to do those type of things and not take full advantage of it not just for yourself, but for your entire family. So I always had that understanding, and that's something that always kind of not only for me, but took my kids that as well.
0: I mean, education is important, especially, you know, from this point guard position, from this point guard position, right? Because you can't be no dummy.
1: No.
0: Playing in the NBA, not no no point guard. You know what I mean? Too much responsibility. (laughs) Right, right, right you know, walk us through like what that responsibility, you know, like when you when you thinking about point guard responsibility, What is what does that mean to you?
1: Well, it's about it's about leadership. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about, you gotta be empathetic, mm-hmm. you know, because you gotta understand where others come from, you gotta be accountable, mm-hmm. you know, cause you gotta be able to show up when things are bleakish, yeah. you know what I'm saying? You know, that's what leaders does. You gotta have a vision. Yeah, you know, people got to know where you're going, and they got to believe where you're going. Mm-hmm. And then, last but not least, you know, it's gratitude. Yeah, you know, just if you got to be grateful and for you know for where you are, and what you've done, because you don't get there by yourself. You know, yeah. and having that and having that understanding and, and leading your crew in that way, you know, you can get them to follow you anywhere, you right? Know, because they believe in that type of uh. A, like I said, all those type of four pillars that I just laid out, and they believe in it, and you're able to, you know, lead them to the promised land.
0: Nah, I mean, that's what I, 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 I that's why I fan over you. You know what I mean? Like, that's why, like, for me, it was like <clears throat> watching what you, watching what you did in Charlotte, right? You got Zo over here. You got LJ. You know what I mean? You got Kendall mm-hmm. Gill, you know, and, you, and, and y'all rocking. But y'all rocking the right way. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And and just the love, You know what I mean? It's like like it, it's a special thing, right, for you young point guards out here. What Muggsy is saying, this empathy is super important. You gotta know who these dudes are, where they come from. You know what I mean? And then the gratitude, right? Capping it off is that. You have to be the one who is the most grateful, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, leadership, right? Don't require no selfishness. <laughs> you, you feel what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. so you you know you um. And then what was the fourth one? Uh, you the, got vision. The vision. Mm-hmm. The vision. Now that can be your selfish mission. But your vision can't be really selfish because you got to be able to envision the world. You can't see yourself holding a trophy. You can't just see yourself winning the game. You got to see the whole game. Right, Muggs?
1: Absolutely. Because what leaders do, great leaders anyway, they get credit where credit is due. Right. And that's what they do. And they understand how to be able to give those incentives Mm -hmm. to where you be able to go out there and want to do whatever you have to do with your skill set to take it to that next level. And because that's how the chemistry forms, you know, and as you mentioned the Zoe and the LJ and the Kendall, all different personalities, but a leader know how to connect with each and every one of them to get them on the same page for that same common goal. Right. And that's what you do. And that's by understanding who they are, how you address them and that comes with that you know, we we talked about understanding each individual because we deal with each individual totally different. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Everybody got their own different type of personality. <laughs> yeah, ma, you got
0: kid. you got you got Kendall Gill, <laughs> you got LJ, uh-huh. you know what I mean, yeah. and you got Zoe. Damn. Damn. Oh my hey. god. <laughs> yeah. Every yeah. time down.
1: Every time down. And then you got down on the bench, can't wait to get <laughs> in <it> again. <laughs> sure. How 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 who
0: who was the funniest? Like who was the most political? You know what I mean? Like like, what was it? Cause that's hard, that's that's hard to yeah. manage. You know <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But one thing about us, we was 12, 15 strong. Yeah. And that's very rare. And the thing about us, you know, we went to dinner together on and off the court, any type of functions, holiday, holidays, you know, they were my house, so they were their house. So, and cause we was the OGs of it. And we right. kind of kept them with us and they kind of looked up and respect us in that regard. And that's how we roll, man. We had so much fun. Wingate was the funniest guy you could ever be. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, yeah. Gate keeps you going, you know. He had that understanding. So those are the things that you know. Teams, you know, that bond that's just so important that people don't understand how far that goes when it comes to competing with one another.
0: Yeah, and I and I think you know it. It's important for the point guard to initiate all that. Right, because because if you don't, you know what I mean. <clears throat> Zoe and LJ don't fight for each other. That's right. You know what I mean. They mm-hmm. fighting against each other. You know what I'm saying? Like that's-, that's what it was like. How do you manage that? How do you how do you get them to get out of what they think? You know what I mean. But, like, you still got a great responsibility because you still got to, like, take them to dinner, mm-hmm. be en- empathetic. But then on the court, right? When you're walking in the game, what are you thinking? In order, like, you already thinking the outcome, right? Right. So, like, what are you thinking about, Zoe? What are you thinking about? Uh, LJ. What are you thinking about, Kendall? What are you thinking about yourself? Where do you put yourself? You know what I mean? Like, walk us through that science.
1: And You said during the game? Yeah. Well, you know, during the game, for me, you know, of course, after we get the game plan, Mm -hmm. what that game plan is going to be. And for me, you know, making sure to do and knowing what, I, cause we know what, I know what they bringing each and every day to the table. Yeah. You know, it's a matter of, of getting them understanding that we need to do that each and every day. You know, this is a consistent thing. It's not a light switch. We don't turn it on and all. And how to be professional. You know, yeah. cause early on, you know, they was young. They didn't know how to be professional. They were used to 30 games. Right. You know, So being able to get them up to that speed, mm-hmm. you know, but it wasn't, it was so easy because these guys came in with that that that, that, that hunger, yeah. that confidence already, the swagger mm-hmm. to where they, they, they felt that they was already there. And, right. But to get them to understand you are there, but it's a certain way we got to continue to stay consistent with it mm-hmm. and not, not worry about the media you know, keep everything in-house because people write about certain things, you could get caught up in that. Because a lot of distraction that, you know, goes off the floor, that comes on the floor. Right. Which, you know, being them, being, having them being young, I had to have them understand that, you know, we, it's, it's all, the family is right here. Right. And we keep everything in-house. And me having that understanding and knowing that what we need to do on a nightly basis having them up to the up to the task because we know we, who we was facing right. each and every like these type of players. So for me, I had to have that thinking beyond them and getting them understanding how important they are. So where they didn't have to fight with another yeah, each other. Yeah,
0: Absolutely. So
1: we're so oh, worrying about I got 25 shots, yeah LJ worrying about I need 30 shots, you know. Yeah. It's a collect, it's a balance. Yeah. You know, as long as you affect it, you got yours, you got yours. You know, regardless of what it is, for those that we need to learn.
0: Point God is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.